Welcome to Women Who Kill. You guys, it's a pun. I'm going to say that every time until someone emails me to tell me to stop. <laughs> stop saying it. We get it. It's a pun. Today, we have John Pridmore. Hello. He's a funny guy. He's wearing a green shirt. And the true crime runs in his blood. Because his mom was really into it. She was a mur- She wasn't a murderer. No, my uncle was a murderer. Of. Oh, really? Yeah. He's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> through through marriage, not through blood. Uh huh. What? Did, who did he kill? Um. Well, there's conflicting because I can't find like the actual cases. Um. He murdered a woman in the 70s. Uh huh. But then he was on purpose. On purpose. Okay. Like he went home with her, like from a bar. Uh huh. And then murdered her, and that's what he's in jail for. <laughs> but then, um. I remember when I was little, we saw him on America's Most Wanted. What? And it was because uh he was wanted for killing these two old ladies. Oh, my God. But I can't find anything about that. That's crazy. Yeah. How did you know it was him? Did the reenactment look like him, or they showed his picture? No, they showed his picture Mm -hmm. and, like, said his name and everything. That's funny. And I I just, I have this memory of, like, sitting in our living room as kids and Uh all being like, oh, my God. (laughs) Because, like, he had just gotten out of jail. Did your parents know? um, I don't think they knew that he had murdered this woman. Uh But, um... They knew that he had been in jail mm-hmm. because he robbed this McDonald's. But uh, he robbed it with a squirt gun, according to them. Uh-huh. But like knowing that he murdered people, I'm like, well, no, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was they just a real guy. said that to give the yeah. kids a palatable story. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because he was still like my cousin's dad and yeah. stuff, you know. Wow, what's he up to now? I still think he's jail? still in jail. Hopefully. Yeah i I know according to his one case file that I was able to look up that he tried to um, get a new trial based off of people having, like, prejudices against him, like the people that were prosecuting him. But they were like... He was like, someone, look at this nice letter that the the mailman wrote about my character. Yeah, like, it was something (laughs) along the lines of, like, the the person that prosecuted him used to work in this other office that Uh had prosecuted him previously, and they're like, yeah, dude, that's how how the law works. (laughs) Like, lawyers work at different offices. (laughs) Sorry. That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, today, man, I want to talk about I want to talk about your <laughs> uncle, but but he's a man. Yeah. And this show's not about that. Yeah. So. No. This is about <laughs> this is about ladies who kill. We're gonna be talking kill. about uh, Betty Broderick. And uh, why'd you pick her? Um. Well, I a I can remember the actual like hullabaloo when it actually happened mm-hmm. like the uh i can't remember what actually what actual shows were on at the time but like i remember the like like current affair type stuff and i remember watching her on oprah mm-hmm. and um and also the person she killed was from my hometown oh really so there was always like that connection where like when i was a kid i was also like oh and he's from here like he went to the places i went uh-huh. yeah it was kind of like the hometown connection and he represented someone from another murder that was that was a uh, female murderer, so it was like double whammy, you know. Okay. Um. So she grew up in uh in New York City. Uh yes, she grew up in New York. She was um she was born in 1947 into this like super devout Roman Catholic family, mm-hmm. and they were they were like super strict. Her parents um her dad was Italian and her mom was Irish, mm-hmm. and so it was just like catholic from every gosh darn angle Mm -hmm. and um 
it was it wasn't like a rich family, but it was like one of those families that it was like, you know, you succeed, you you do your thing and then hopefully you'll grow up to be like a wife and a mother and, you know, raise a family type thing. Like mm-hmm. that was the ultimate goal with them. That's that's what women did back then. Uh-huh. They raised families. She was the middle kid of six. Yeah, yeah. Third out of six and like always did like really well in school. Mm-hmm. Like went to college. Like always like a studious kid and like her parents were always like pushing her in school. She had a minor in English. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so in 1965, how old was she in 1965? Let's see. So she was 18. Yeah, they had her and um, Dan T. Broderick the Third, all fancy pants from uh-huh. Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> and he is from your town. He's from your hometown. Yes, yes, yes he's okay. from my hometown of Pittsburgh. Oh my bad. So they met in 65, but they got married in 69. Yeah, they, they met in 65. They had like a meet cute. She went to um, she went to Indiana. To go to a Notre Dame football game, Mm -hmm. USC versus Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And he was attending Notre Dame at the time. And uh, he, they were at some party after this game. Mm -hmm. And he slipped her a napkin that said Dan T. Broderick III, MDA. And she asked him what MDA meant. And he said medical doctor almost. And it's like, oh, that's cute. I could see Kirsten Dunst acting this out with some heart drop of the month. With like Mark Ruffalo or something. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, <laughs> no business cards. Come on. No, just a napkin. Oh. That's how they did it back then. No it was the sixties. They didn't have cardstock. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, his parents were uh, were hella Irish. Yes, he was also like super Catholic and uh-huh. stuff. So it was like that. You know, marry within your within your religion, find yourself a good man type thing. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what they they ultimately did. They dated for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, she stayed with him in the dorms and like worked these are like odd jobs and stuff to put him through school. And yeah, like basically to help him get through school. Mm-hmm. And um, they're doing that. And then once he finishes or is pretty much close to finishing his medical degree, mm-hmm. they decide to get married. Um, in 1969, April 12th, 1969, mm-hmm. and they go on this big, crazy, lavish honeymoon because, like, that's why she was even with him in the first place. Like, she was one of those. She's like, hoping it would pay off. Yeah, like, she was one of those, like, like super hot people that was dating, like, athletes mm-hmm. and, like, all these crazy hot dudes. Mm-hmm. And then he was a little bit more homely, but he would, like, lavish her with attention, lavish her with gifts, you know, um, basically just, like, like do this kind of like fairy tale courting love stuff. He's, he's a, he's a good looking fella, but it's like, she's like, you know, like movie star looking. Yeah. Like yeah. she, she could have been like, like, you know, a model. She was tall, type blonde. Yeah, like she was pretty. Decent and, bone structure. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, the stereotypical, like let's put her on a magazine type look. Yeah. And they had, they went on to have what? Five kids, four kids. One died. Yeah. 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 They got, they went on their honeymoon to like the Caribbean and like St. Thomas and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And Betty got pregnant. And so like pretty soon after, you know, well, nine months after that's how babies uh-huh. made. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like after they get back from their honeymoon, they have this baby. Mm-hmm. And then like right after ba-boom, like they have Kim and then they have their daughter Lee, mm-hmm. like one right after the other. So she has just babies everywhere. And um, 
during this time, Dan decides to announce that, um, you know, he thinks he could make more money or be more successful if he was a medical lawyer. Mm -hmm. So he went back to school. He went to Harvard Law School Mm -hmm. and became a lawyer that specialized in medical stuffs. And during this time, of course, his wife is taking care of all these these kids. Yeah. And uh, they have another one. They th- yeah, they have like, yeah, she's working these odd jobs. She's working, you know. Um, Do they have a nanny? What's happening? So she's working. She's she's doing the gig economy with the with the four babies. Yeah. She's just kind of, you know, like babysitter daycare type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to, to, you know, be the perfect mom and raise the kids. And oh, she's so Tupperware and Avon. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. she would take them to their activities, and then yeah, she was always doing like, you know, the original Uber. parties. Yeah, do all the things, <laughs> all of the side hustles. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> get yourself that little Rubbermaid keychain for selling the most. Uh-huh. So yeah, she was doing like whatever she could to support him through this time uh-huh. because she knew that he was going to be able to like get a get a good job from this. Mm-hmm. And then once he graduates, he just packs everyone on up and moves them out to California, moves them to uh, the La Jolla area of Mm -hmm. San Diego. Mm -hmm. And so they're living out here and he's working and he's working for a law firm, but he's not making like a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Like he's doing well, he's doing lawyer well, you Uh know, like I'd be fine with that, but you know, I'm like, but I I'd be fine with twenty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, you probably have benefits too, don't you? You have benefits and you're making lawyer money. Uh huh. What more do you want, Broderick's? Uh, <laughs> so he hires a secretary. Yes, he um he, well, Betty convinces him that he would make more money if he was working on his own. Uh-huh. So he opens up his own offices and um he starts getting kind of like high profile cases because when he was working before, and this is fun, double murderous, uh, he had represented um, one of the the families of one of the children who was shot by Brenda Spencer in the the I Hate Monday shooting. Oh, okay. That was, was was that the first girl school shooter um, or something like that? As far as I know, yeah. Like I, I, you know. I heard that the song Manic Monday was was written about that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that one. Uh-huh. There's um yeah, there's a Boomtown Rat song called uh I don't like Mondays uh-huh. that um Was that before or after Garfield started saying it? It was you know, I think it was around the time of Garfield. Maybe uh-huh. she was quoting Garfield. Uh-huh. But it was um Yeah, she just like like lived across the street from this elementary school and like shot at this elementary so school. I mean, she didn't kill any kids. She killed a janitor and a principal, but, like, there were kids that were injured. And Dan Broderick represented the family of one of them. Okay. And so he already had kind of this this notoriety. He was, like, starting to kind of, like, become a known known lawyer lawman. Mm -hmm. And um, so he opens up his own practice. And very soon he's winning these multi-million dollar cases. Mm -hmm. And pretty much overnight they become like multimillionaires. Okay. They're very rich. Okay. So that was when she was able to quit her jobs and just stay at home taking care of the kids. Yeah. Then she the was able to just, she was a stay at home mom. Like she had her, her suburban that she would drive around in. Mm-hmm. A suburban. Yeah. With 
her license plate. She had like a vanity plate that said load them up. I just want to paint a picture. Is of, she like, talking about early... shopping bags or is she talking about children or both maybe? Both. A little double like, entendre just, going on. Yeah. D- very witty that Betty brought her. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like she's just like, if you see pictures of her, she's very much that like, like she wore white pants. That's the type of person she was. She uh-huh. wore like those, those white mom pants. Uh-huh. Not everyone can do that. Uh-huh. And Betty Broderick did. Like, she's a white pant lady. Okay. Like, Dan has this this new law firm, and he hires this secretary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name? Linda, 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 Linda. Cocana. Um, who, when he hired her, she had no law experience whatsoever. He's uh-huh. hiring to work in his law firm. And her but. experience is as a flight attendant, and she's very young. She's in her early I 20s. I mean, f- a s- flight attendant is is very heavily customer service oriented. That's and true. And so is being a paralegal is mostly just doing what other people tell you to do and homework, right? That's true. Yeah. I mean, not to not to disparage any paralegals out there. I'm sure what you do I'll is very all difficult. all the paralegals. Screw but, you, paralegals. Uh, <laughs> I'm against it. It's homework. You. It's 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 uh, like a baby law school. Yeah. Anyway, okay, then I take it back. I'm fine with paralegal. <laughs> <laughs> so so he hired this youngin, this hot youngin, because you couldn't be ugly and be a flight attendant back then. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. allowed. No, only only the best. They had to they had to go through extensive training. Mm-hmm. They measured their faces. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess pretty soon after she got hired, Betty started thinking that uh something was going on. Oh, yeah, because she was already, like, starting to get insecure because, like, he's working all these late nights mm-hmm. and she, he's never home. They'd already, you know, had, like, like rocky relationship stuff going on mm-hmm. just because she was home all the time taking care of the kids and he was, you know. Yeah, she was probably bored out of her mind. Yeah, and it, I, I just think it wasn't the, the marriage that she imagined. Uh-huh. And that's a lot of kids. Don't have that many kids. Mm-hmm. This ain't farm it's probably not as many as her mom wanted her to have, though. No. <laughs> but still, like, it's, it's like, I mean, yeah, 1970s Catholics, God love them, but, like, calm it down. You don't need that many. <laughs> so he would gaslight her. Oh, yeah. Like, she would, she would, he'd be working these late nights, and she would be all, like, insecure and think that, um, think that he was fooling around mm-hmm. and he would be like, no, 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 no. You're crazy. And, and they'd get in these big screaming fights. And this was something that he would do that. It's like, dude, come on now. Like they would get in these big screaming fights and he would just act like it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So like, she would be like, like yelling at him and he would be, you know, just, just sitting there reading his paper or like, you know, he was a lawyer. So I just imagine him, you know, like shuffling around papers in a briefcase <laughs> uh-huh. That's, as lawyers do. I think they're called briefs. Going through the briefs and the brief. <laughs> he would just tune her out and act like it wasn't happening. Uh-huh. But she would also, she would bring the kids in mm-hmm. and like, like involve them too. So like she would do things like, you know, he would be like out late saying that he's working. She's accusing him of having these affairs. Mm-hmm. And so he would be out. And she would like say to the kids like, oh, we're getting a divorce now. So you have to pick which one of us you want to live with. Which one of us are you going to live with? Is it that how, and, how you're supposed to do it though? <laughs> well, no, but then he would come home and they'd uh-huh. be all upset. And uh-huh. he'd be like, no, we're not getting a divorce. <laughs> so it's like she would do it just like to kind of like get back at him. Be like, see, this is what would happen mm-hmm. if like you keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I 
which I guess is kind of, you know, to get back at him, but it's pulling the kids into it. And she would always like badmouth him to the kids mm-hmm. and like say all these things like that are horrible about him. I mean, rightfully so. But yeah, he was out running around <laughs> having an affair and pretending like he wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like like she had she had her suburban and he went out and he bought himself a little Jaguar, two-seated Jaguar. Uh-huh. And so she's like, dude, what the fuck? We or what the two what seeds, the one, one for him, uh, one for the <laughs> one for the mistress. Yeah, you know. So it's like, oh, he you can curse really, on me. That's oh, fine. Okay, I I have a bit of a potty mouth. But yeah, so like she's seeing that as signs of like, well, you're not really here for this family. Mm-hmm. You don't really want to be a part of this. And you know they're getting in all these fights. But he's also doing things like you know. She goes to his Christmas party and overhears him describing his secretary as beautiful, which just never do that. Like, A, like, even if you think they are, you're at a party with your wife, Mm -hmm. dude. Like, what is? And then, um, like, she wanted to go out to dinner for his 38th birthday. Mm -hmm. And she waits uh, all day at his office, waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him. Finds out he's out with Linda. So she goes home and she uh, takes all of his like tailored suits and stuff, Uh sets them on fire. Okay. Um, Like you do. Yeah, just (laughs) left eye that shit, you know? (laughs) And uh, so she just, yeah, just like torched his suits, Mm -hmm. would do things like that. Um, But again, like, like he just kept doing so. Like they both had November birthdays. She tried to have this big dinner party for Mm -hmm. him and he just didn't show up. Like this, to I mean, this at the joint very least, thing. if you're going to be cheating, at least be around for your birthday. Yeah. I think he wanted her to find out because he was too much of a pussy to yeah, end the to marriage. So he so was he like, wanted her to, he wanted her to end the marriage. But then, so then it would look night, like her fault. He, she, you know, attempted suicide in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, like just like, you know, nicked her wrists a little bit, like mm-hmm. more as a like, like cry for help type thing, I think. And he came home that night and like bandaged her up and mm-hmm. like, you know, put her to bed. So I don't think that like it was like love was completely lost. Mm-hmm. It was like they still cared about each other. But I think it was just kind of like things were coming apart. Um, I know they did go to like this marriage counseling thing, marriage encounters or something, mm-hmm. which um, was a Catholic marriage retreat. So you just go and they're like, God said, don't do it. And that's it. <laughs> well, you're you're supposed to uh, write letters to each other, being mm-hmm. like, "This is what I feel like." This is, and I guess his letters were all about like, "I know I'm not there very much, but you know, I'm trying to work to build this family, mm-hmm. which I know means that I'm not around." And hers were all about how she feels alone in the marriage, mm-hmm. and so obviously they knew what the problems were. Mm-hmm. I just don't think either of them had it in them or knew exactly what to do to fix them. Mm-hmm. And this entire time he's running around with, uh, with Linda claiming that he isn't. Yeah. So for about two years of that, after about two years of that, he moves out of the house. He moves out of the house. I don't want to say immediately. I don't know how long after it was, but I believe Linda moved in with him. Mm-hmm. Betty's kind of like losing it. She has like all the kids and everything. And she's still like, like, you know, picking fights with him, but involving the kids in it. And then when she would get into like fights with the kids, first it was Kim, the oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. She just drove her over to her dad's house mm-hmm. and left her there. Like a package. Yeah. So he comes home from work one night and she's just sitting on his porch crying, uh-huh. you know? And so it's like, so then she lives there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
eventually all the kids end up living there. Like she does this with all the kids, like doing just like dropping them off. Mm -hmm. He ends up suing for custody Mm -hmm. and he gets full custody of all four kids um, because Betty's going. Which is unheard of. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but also, also when they went into those proceedings and everything, I know during the divorce proceedings, they weren't pretty. Did he represent himself because he's a lawyer? Um, he did not represent himself. I believe he had representation. She did represent herself. Okay. Um, which that's just never, that's, you're nutty. If you're, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you want to represent yourself, no one who does that is right. But I mean, she had to have done an okay job representing herself because it took four years. Well, because she kept drawing things out Mm -hmm. and everything, but ultimately he had to take out restraining orders against her. She would do things like um, she ignored all of them. Yeah, she would. Well, she would go to his house and like look through his things because the kids were there. So like she would be able to get into the house. Uh-huh. She would do things like the one time um, she went there and there was a pie sitting on the counter, uh-huh. like this Boston cream pie. And she goes, oh, what's that? And one of the kids like not thinking goes, oh, Linda made that for dad. It's Boston cream, his favorite. Uh-huh. And she goes upstairs and this is great. Is I love it. The pie? No, no. She took the pie and just threw it all over all of their clothes, smeared it on their bed, did all of that. And I'm with it, kind of. I'm mad that she didn't like shit in the pie. Yeah, it's like if that's if that's if that's all the further it went, like if it ended at the pie, I'd be like, get it, Betty. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, I kind of wish it ended with the pie. Uh-huh. <laughs> But instead, she would uh, call. Oh, yeah. She would call leave like crazy ass messages. Yeah. Leave these messages about, you know, harming herself, harming him, you know, just just say crazy things. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, like she'd be going into his house and collecting information. Mm-hmm. So she would know personal things and would threaten him with personal things and things like that. Uh-huh. So she was clearly like not dealing with this well. She drove her car into the house? Yes, she drove her car into their house. Shortly after their divorce is finalized, Mm -hmm. Dan married Linda. Mm -hmm. Only 10 days after what would have been his and Betty's 20th wedding anniversary. Oh. So things are not going great. I believe that's around that time was when she rammed the car into the house. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it was around that time period. Yeah. They even, the day of the wedding... They had a family friend go and stay with Betty uh-huh. to make sure that she didn't go to ruin the wedding. But also Linda recommended that Dan wear um, Kevlar. Oh, yeah, yeah. To, the, to yeah. the ceremony. Yeah, so like it wasn't like these were just, you know, it wasn't all pie. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, she was doing some crazy things like that. She was scaring them. Uh-huh. Like she was legit harassing these people. She was on a mission. She was pissed. Because in her head, she had put this dude through school, mm-hmm. stood by him, raised his kids, done all of this stuff. She basically wasted the best years of her life. Yeah. And when you look at Linda, Linda looks very much like a young Betty. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I did all of this stuff and then I've literally been replaced. You are literally replacing me with a younger me. That too was a, a big part of it. Like uh-huh. I gave my entire life to you. And now you like now that you're where you want to be, uh-huh. you just went and got a younger model, a brand new me. Uh-huh. And you're just like, Aww. here's the kids, Betty. See ya. Peace. Load them up. Yeah. Should have gotten a he should have at least gone for a brunette. I know. Like, 
Have some variety, Dan. Mm. So she actually, um, she went and bought a gun. Oh, uh, yeah. After. Before they got married. Yeah. About a month, a month or two before they got married, mm-hmm. she went out and she got a Smith & Wesson revolver. Mm-hmm. Said that it was because now that she was living alone in this house, she needed protection. She needed safety. So she, she bought a Smith & Wesson revolver and she, like, Went to the range, took lessons, like learned how to use it and everything. Uh-huh. So that was two months before they got married. And no one's going to think twice about a pretty lady learning how to shoot. Because they're like, oh, of course. Why wouldn't yeah, a pretty like, lady want to pr- learn how to use a gun? You need protection. You're going to be in this big old house alone. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sure Dan wasn't thrilled that she bought a gun. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, because she was saying some kooky things. And... Oh, yeah. She probably let him know. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure. She probably called the day she got it. Yeah. And was like, listen to me. Load it, Dan. Yeah. So eight months after um, she bought the gun, seven months after Dan married Linda, she goes to their house and she doesn't have to break in because she uses a key. Yes, she has her own key. That she stole from one of the kids and she, uh, she shot them. Yes, she walked into the room. She shot Linda first. Um, 5.30 a.m. Yeah, 5.30 a.m. She shot her. On a uh, Sunday. Come ch- on. I know. That's a sleeping day. Off. day. And, well, no, I guess not for them because they're all Catholic. So. Th- they, oh, they is still, there mass or something? I, I'm sure there is. I. <laughs> if you're going to shoot someone at 5.30 a.m., do it on a weekday. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, save them that day of work. Huh. Yeah, so she went in November 5th. Mm-hmm. And she goes in and she she shot Linda first, mm-hmm. uh, shot her two times, once in the chest and then I believe once in the head. Yep. And then Linda was killed instantly. She then shot Dan, uh, shot him in the chest and he was still alive mm-hmm. and he went to reach for well, She shot at him phone. several times. Yes. Yes. Shot at him several times, shot him once in the chest. He went to reach for the phone. Mm-hmm. Which uh, she had removed when she had been there previously. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he went to reach for a phone that was not there. Um, which how would you notice, notice that? You go to yeah. sleep and your phone's not yeah. on the nightstand. Like, did you not look at your bedside table, Dan? It's not like phones were. It's not like a cell phone. Like, yeah, it's a big old clunky like 1989 phone. It was yellow, or it was like one of those like big black and silver ones <laughs> with the giant buttons. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he went to reach for this, and his last words, I, I can't remember exactly, but were along the lines of, well, you did it, you killed me. Mm-hmm. and You shot me, I'm dead. Yeah. And like, you win, Betty. You, are you happy now? <laughs> yeah, and because, I mean, after all of that, like, you had to have known it was coming. Yeah. Like, he had the restraining order, she was walking right through them, you know, she was there all the time. She was calling and leaving these crazy messages. And I mean, honestly, if this happened today, mm-hmm. none of this would have gotten to this point because there's laws in place now and anti-stalking laws mm-hmm. and all of that. But this was 1989 and they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and this was 1989. This is a woman doing this to a man. Mm-hmm. It wasn't taken as seriously. It was like, oh, Man up, bro. Yeah. She called her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend and then uh and then called the cops. Yes, she immediately called um she called her oldest daughter and then 
um, I believe she also, after she got off the phone with them, then called her second oldest, Mm -hmm. uh, Lee, and then uh, turned herself immediately into the cops. Mm -hmm. And then there's, of course, like a big hullabaloo because they were already high profile from their divorce. Like Mm -hmm. it was like a divorce that people paid attention to. Mm -hmm. So people had been following this story because it kind of um, brought to attention the whole thing of like, well, if if a woman paid for this man to go through college and everything and basically supported this person, well, then how much should she get in alimony? Mm-hmm. They're these rich people. And so it was kind of like, but he's taking care of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was enough crazy stuff that it was like, it was, it was national news. It was, you know, 89. They were like, that was big deal. Like, mm-hmm. like, like woman scorn thing was like huge at that time. Mm-hmm. Just in the news. It was, it was a big thing that got covered. Did they make any movies about this? Oh, they made a movie with uh, Meredith Baxter Bernie. Oh, really? Or Meredith she Baxter was in Bernie everything. at the time. Yeah. She was nominated for an Emmy, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I want to watch it now. I, you know, I, I remember watching it back in the day when it was on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, as a child. Okay. <laughs> that was family bonding, you know? Uh-huh. Me and, me and my mom would watch true crime stuff and, like... Do the do the whole like lifetime movie thing. Uh-huh. Read all the books about it. So uh, her excuse, well, she said that she had been abused. That was the excuse that she used. Um, who knows if there was anything to corroborate that? Yeah, well, I think she she was trying to argue both mental and physical abuse mm-hmm. when it her kids said that there was no abuse. Mm, okay. But I could see the argument for mental abuse. Yeah. Like he was based a dick, on but yeah, like that's but, not gonna justify murder. Yeah, yeah. You don't get to be like, he dude, was if mean. you got to murder everyone that was an ass, yeah. like, people would just be killing people left and right. Uh huh. So she was getting sixteen thousand dollars a month in alimony. Yeah, living in this nice place, like getting all this money with her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Where was so, he during all of this? I know. It's like was he like Betty? I feel like you're not really giving a hundred percent to this relationship. <laughs> like, I know she's just like on the phone all day, like <laughs> leaving them crazy messages, being like, and I'm gonna rub pie on your clothes. He's like, Betty, honey, come on. We're going to be late. Like, like, Hold on. One more message. Just let me leave one more crazy message. So they were living in La Jolla on the beach, basically, in a house that uh, he had bought. Yeah. Dan had bought. Um, She had two cars. Yeah. I got here on a bus, Betty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For real. Like, but I, I think it's just that thing where it was like, she felt entitled to that life because she had put him through school because she had stood by him through everything. Mm-hmm. So she felt like she was entitled to that, which, you know, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you should have a good life. Like you were there too. She wanted that life, but she wanted it with him. She wanted the kids there. She wanted everything that she wanted, mm-hmm. you know, like she wanted the lavish things. She wanted the nice stuff and seeing him walk away from that. And like, yeah, she got all of this cool stuff, but I think it still felt like sloppy seconds to her. And at some point, her two uh, youngest sons moved in, moved back in with her, which yes. is interesting. Like, <clears throat> where did the decision, who made the decision, like, the girls are going to stay with dad and the boys are going to stay with mom? You know, as, as a child of divorce myself, I think it was one of those things where it's like, you know, no matter how crazy they're acting, they're still your parent. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you don't want 
one parent to feel like you chose one over the other. Mm -hmm. So I think it was kind of that situation where it was like, okay, if you calm down and you don't act like this, then we'll give you this. Mm -hmm. And the kids kind of feel bad where they're like, you know, you're still our mom. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want you to think that we hate you. And so I think it was kind of a situation where they felt kind of obliged to spend more time with her. Hmm. I'm actually surprised that she didn't try to hurt any of the kids considering they were his kids too. I, you know, I I think she wasn't that crazy. Yeah. I think (laughs) that she, she wanted revenge against him Mm -hmm. and she wanted revenge against Linda. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to just like implode the family. She wanted the family back. Mm -hmm. And I think that, all of those threats and everything, like she thought that she could just threaten her way into it and being like, well, if you don't come back, I'm going to harm myself. If you don't come back, I'm going to harm you. Like, why are you with this horrible person? Like type things mm-hmm. where I think in her mind, if she just did that enough, he would be like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> uh-huh. You've convinced me. Yeah. So her uh, attorney tried to argue that she had a, no, the prosecution tried to say that she has narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah, they um, said that she, you know, which I can definitely see. Like, yeah. she did do a lot of things where it was if she didn't get things exactly her way, she would lose it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, for instance, she had a, um, the one year when they were still married, like, right before they divorced, but, like, um, she wanted this certain ring for Christmas, mm-hmm. and he got her this different ring. Mm-hmm that she knew was a little bit cheaper mm-hmm. and she flipped her shit and mm-hmm. shut down Christmas. Like she ended Christmas. Well, that's understandable considering he could afford it. Yeah. But you have four kids and you're an <laughs> adult. Like Christmas is not about you. You got to <laughs> Did, did she really cancel Christmas though? Yeah. Like she was like, like flipped it out and like, just like sulked the rest of the day uh-huh. and was just kind of like, oh, okay. But you still like, you just didn't get as big of a ring. Uh-huh. Like, but again, this was when, like, all this stuff was happening. And she's like, I know you're sleeping with your secretary. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, you know. He could have sprung for the, the I'm sorry ring. Yeah, which kind of makes me wonder, like, would she have been fine with him having this affair? If he just got her more things still, that yeah, she wanted? Yeah, he was still, you know, buying her the things mm-hmm. and still, like, kind of playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes me wonder if they would have just gone on yeah. like any other If he hadn't missed birthdays, if, if he like, was like, okay, okay, mistress, uh, yeah, every like, other day of the week is for us, but my birthdays and my yeah, anniversary like, of Valentine's Day is for the stuff, wife. Special occasions that's for the wife, and then, you know, buy her the damn ring she asked for. Yeah. Like, I wonder if they would still be like an unhappily retired couple together <laughs> right now, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, because you see that every day Mm -hmm. like it just makes you think like if they there's there's an etiquette yeah to to having a mistress and i think he ignored all the rules yeah he wanted to have his pie and eat it too he did not get to eat that pie (laughs) (laughs) so she had two trials Uh, the first trial was a a hung jury so was a mistrial because they couldn't figure out uh i guess they couldn't pin down her intent well um there were two jurors 10 wanted to find her guilty Mm -hmm. of first degree murder Mm -hmm. Two wanted to hold out for manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Um, just because they, they couldn't, um, decide if there was intent, like Mm -hmm. they couldn't, 
even though they were arguing, like the prosecution was arguing, you know, look at all of these voicemails, all these record, like recordings of her flipping out. And she took the phone out of the bedroom. Mm -hmm. That's intent. Mm -hmm. You know, she knew to do that ahead of time. Why else would she have taken that? Yeah. Um, but there were still the two holdouts. So they declared a mistrial. I wrote it down. One of the jurors, I'm, I'm assuming one of the holdouts said after, I only wonder what took her so long. Huh? That's funny. Yeah. So there was a very understanding juror. Like <laughs> someone who should have been dismissed during yeah, selection. Like, like someone that it's like, like, did you ask if everyone was like <laughs> married to a lawyer at any point? Like, uh-huh. like, excuse me. Uh, has anyone on the jury had a husband who left them for a flight attendant previously? Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Does anyone here think that it's totally cool to kill someone if they if they cheat on you? Yeah. Like <laughs> anyone? So uh, she so the second time around, uh she got two counts of second degree. Yeah. And murder. it was essentially the same exact trial. They just went minus in with that all the one same person who gave the quote. Yeah, yeah. That just <laughs> they had that Jorah stay home that day. Uh-huh. They were like, you know what, Nancy? <laughs> we are sorry about what Bernie did to you. <laughs> But you need to let it go. This is a murder trial. <laughs> so she got uh, two consecutive life sentences. Uh, yes, two consecutive sentences of 15 years to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been denied parole, I believe, twice now. Well, the funny thing is, is like, why even go for she wasn't. They said that she was denied because she showed no remorse. Oh, yeah. Why would you even still... go for parole? Like, I would be like, you know what? Um, take it off the books because I'm not going to show up to this meeting. Yeah. I'm not sorry. Why don't I just, I would rather sleep in. Yeah, like she's than, like. Then go sit in front of these people. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? She's like, we need to go in front of the parole board. Did you show them the ring from Christmas? Did you show <laughs> them the one I wanted and then show him, show them the one that I got? That's, I should be free. <laughs> I only had two cars, two cars. Uh, uh. <laughs> so she's uh, she's in Chino. She's kicking it, yeah. chilling in Chino. Uh, she got denied parole again pretty recent, well, two years ago, yeah, January 2017. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the second once time. in 2010, once in 2017. Again, just because she will not let it go. You uh-huh. know she's just sitting there festering in that jail cell, uh-huh. like being like, just coming up with the most bullshit reasons why she shouldn't be in jail. Yeah. I mean, like, she looked just like me. <laughs> just like me. So she she's got go. parole. Uh, she's going to be eligible again in uh, 2022. Yeah. So. And you know, she's just sitting there, like, looking in a mirror, being like, I am very sorry for what I did. I am very sorry. I am very sorry. <laughs> so sorry for what I did. Uh huh. It's a good thing our current president doesn't know about this case. Oof. They have similar haircuts. Uh, <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna try to appeal to him. Uh, He's gonna be like, "Have you seen this broad? She's, she's pretty hot. She <laughs> used to be even hotter. There's no reason why she should be in jail. She should not be in prison. <laughs> Full presidential pardon. Also, the Central Park Five still guilty. It's like <laughs> for real kids. Watch the Oprah interview. It's on YouTube. Okay. It's so good. Uh huh. She's, she's. Oh. And just look at look at the look at the um I want to check out the Lifetime the Lifetime movie. Oh yeah, Lifetime movie is great, but uh, just the mugshot. 
just the mugshot, like when she turned herself in, uh-huh. the look of satisfaction on her face. And I couldn't find anything that said this anywhere. Uh-huh. I tried to find it. But I think that this is the inspiration for the John Waters movie, Serial Mom. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. Because they look so similar. Okay. John. Yes, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for being for here. Me. This was fun. Yeah. Any Anytime you want to talk about a crazy murder, I'm always down. <laughs> that was episode 10. Thanks for listening so far. If you haven't done so already, stop by iTunes, leave a rating and a review. It really helps a lot. It helps new people find the show. And if you want to support with your dollars, you can join the Women Who Kill Illuminati. I came up with that name all by myself. Over on Patreon, patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash K-A-I-C-H-O-Y-C-E. Five bucks a month get you access to bonus content that I'm going to be posting, special episodes, merch discounts, free merch. I send out sticker packs. I'm going to be sending those out every few months. First round is going out very shortly. And the feedback I've gotten from them so far has been pretty great. So I think you'll be really happy if you decide to be a part of it and uh, get that surprise in your mailbox. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We'll see you next week.